welcome to Don't Feed the Geeks, presented by the Long Island Comic Guys, the masters of the geeky verse. <laughs> okay. You guys like that one? Why are we laughing? I don't understand. He said that last week, too. Did yeah. he say that last yeah, week? Yeah, he did. That's, what, that's our new thing. Okay, I'm, all right. I'm looping it in. We're the masters of the geeky verse. Um, I st- stole a little bit from uh, He-Man. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so we have a lot to talk about today. Awesome interview with indie artist uh, Chris Campana. He's going to tell us about himself, um, some projects he's working on that we're really excited about. Um, we're going to get some current news and a few ending segments, uh, Key Hunt's pick of the week, and um, we'll see if we have any announcements. Yeah. We don't even know yet. We'll yeah. find out at the end. <laughs> <laughs> you all right there, Jim? I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. Stupid <laughs> cough. I'm, I apologize. Jim, Jim's had a cough for about six years all now. Right. <laughs> One day he'll go to the doctor. One day. All right. <laughs> So, uh, Mr. Toy Story, do you want to get it? Oh, I guess, you know what we've been really bad at? So, this is TC. <laughs> along I am with Toy Story. Toy Story. And JJ. 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 Yeah. So, we're going to be doing the current news and yes. uh, the sec- ending segments. We had a pre-recorded interview with Chris Campana where we had the whole crew here. Which was so an awesome interview. Very great interview. Um, we'll talk more about that uh, later on after the, um, after the interview plays. Uh, but Mr. Toy Story is going to go into some current news right now. Let's do it. we got a bunch. All right, so the first thing. DC Universe has announced that it has canceled its latest live-action TV series, Swamp Thing. Yeah, boo on that. <laughs> yeah. Just after the show's first episode premiered only two weeks ago, with no explanation despite critical and flan- fan acclaim. <laughs> it's the first of DC Universe's original shows to get the axe, and it was confirmed only the night before the second episode was released. While many rumors have circulated as to the reasoning, the only confirmed insider information so far comes from a DC Universe official who took to the message boards to answer questions. And to the question of why it was canceled, he responded, we are not in a position to answer at this time. Nothing else. He did reaffirm that DC Universe will continue creating and releasing new shows and content, which kind of shuts down what everybody thought was going to happen, was that DC Universe was going to kind of you know, fold into that new Warner Brothers thing. Hmm. I, I don't know if I believe anything they're saying at this point, though. Well, I'm not saying much. That's yeah, the thing. You kinda, I think you have to kind of take that with a grain of salt. Uh, I know as soon as they announced that they weren't picking it back up, HBO and C- the CW jumped at the opportunity to possibly have that show. Really? CW definitely wouldn't work. I hope that doesn't happen. I'll be honest. I probably won't watch if it goes to CW. HBO would be a great place for it. Because um, well, then they don't have to <coughs> PG it. Yeah, no. Definitely, it, it definitely needs to be, you know, PG-13, you know, bordering on like our level well they were f-bombing it, on that show it, yeah they? they were and they they can't they can't change it to from the format they got now because yeah. i mean i mean look at doom patrol i mean they've had oh yeah the like, scenes in that i mean the curse scene and everything else i mean that's what made those shows great and much better than what they would be on if they were on the cw so doom, uh, doom patrol is explicit too because I, I haven't oh, watched doom God, patrol. Yeah. oh yeah very much yeah so. okay it's probably <laughs> the most explicit one out of all of them actually yeah i mean brandon frazier just drops bombs all day long yeah. on that <laughs> plus the you know the very first episode <laughs> which we won't go into yeah did you guys watch the episode the second episode something i watched the second yeah. episode i didn't I get to yet third. i haven't watched the third yet either it's good though it's gonna uh, fantastic it's, I, it's, it's a really good show i can't fathom them canceling this on how because of how good it, it could is. have been clueless higher-ups that you know well wasn't it what wasn't the other rumors also related to some tax break that, they <laughs> that was shut down by the state of was it yeah they a, a rep, I, forget, I think it was North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah, the, a rep, a rep from the um, the office down there said that that's not true. Mm. So, <coughs> jeez. Can we call nine one one for you? No, I'm fine. <laughs> I, I had to mute myself so I wouldn't go right into the mic. <laughs> uh, 
All right, next but, up. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, it's fine. You Go good? for it. But that's just it's. I'm 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 annoyed that that is canceled. I know. Canceled. It, the first episode I loved. I was like, it, I can't wait for this. I, I just I don't understand. I don't understand. They can make money off of this. Yeah. They can. I mean, I. And the thing that that makes me mad is it's the one I was most excited for. It, yeah. And it's the best one. Yeah. yeah. Besides Titans, I wasn't a fan of Doom Patrol, but this is fantastic. I mean, how could be dark better than it Titans. Is, we don't know. The the, the people that are yeah. in the storyline, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And it's just it. It annoys the just the first two episodes. I'll be honest. I think I like it more than Titans. Yeah, absolutely. One of the producers. I, I don't know if he was a showrunner, but he he went, he went on Twitter. I think it was deleted since. But he was like, I have no idea why this happened. I think it was a shock. No to idea. The whole entire yeah. cast. I mean, it just it I don't it doesn't make any sense. Not at all. Like at least give a reason. <laughs> yeah, annoying. All right, next up, the notoriously outspoken Rob Liefeld, best <sighs> known for creating Deadpool and Cable, recently made some slanderous comments regarding the future of DC Comics predicting that they are, quote, going to drive off a cliff here real soon. In a trail of since-deleted tweets, Liefeld affirmed that he believes the only saving grace for DC is Batman, indicating his successful sales are what keeps the company afloat and nothing else. Writer Mark Millar tweeted back at him, saying that he thinks present-day DC has its best lineup since the 80s, with Rob responding that he must be reading his DC Best of the 80s collection again, and that they should fire everybody in management and refresh. And that's a quote. What do we even start with this guy? In fact, I don't even <laughs> want to bring this guy, mention this guy on our show because he's he's an idiot. We're talking about Rob, not not anybody else. Yeah. This guy just needs to be shut down and just go away. Right? Uh, I, I mean, I won't disagree with you in the least. You posted uh, about this, right? yeah. I'm I kind of do a lot of the posts on um, on an Instagram account, and I felt very compelled to respond to his comments. I was like, listen, I we know that DC is struggling right now. They're not putting out like the content that Marvel is. Honestly, DC books much better than Marvel. So yeah. clearly Rob's not reading any books. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they're just not doing the, the live action stuff as well. And they need to get their footing ground. R- realistically, they probably need to shake up at that level for whoever's doing, you know, television and movie stuff. But I don't overall, know what he was referring to. You know, you know what I really think this is? He probably wanted money from them to do something. They said no. And he decided <laughs> to go out there and slam them. And this sounds like regular Rob Liefeld. Like I said, it's like anyone I've met that has met Rob Liefeld in person doesn't have a positive thing to say about him. Yeah. And this is across the board. Have you met him? Yes. Yes. And he was you met him of, too? Yes. And he was kind of a jerk. And he's he's a money hungry guy. He shows up to appearances like half an hour to forty five minutes late. He gets there. So so what happened to me was I was waiting for him and I <coughs> excuse me. I didn't know anything about him. You know, I had a, a New Mutants 98 and a first appearance of Cable. I was like, all right, whatever. I was like, I want to get these books signed. He gets there, again, 45 minutes late. I was the first one there. I was waiting for like two hours. I was like, oh, this is crazy. And the, But, like, I couldn't get off because by the time, like, he was supposed to be there, there was a, a hundred people waiting. I was like, oh, my gosh. So I waited. He comes there. He's like, ah, oh, sorry, I'm late, guys. Hey, I was like, and then some other guy comes, some type of dealer, with, like, a stack of a hundred books. <laughs> He goes, oh, sorry, I just got to do this guy first. I was like, are you kidding me? He goes, yeah, you know, he already paid. I was like, I don't care, man. I was like, this is ridiculous. There's 100 people waiting for you. He goes, sorry, I got to do it. And then he does that. So he finishes. Like, he does it. It takes him like 10, 15 minutes to do it. So on top of the 45 minutes late. Oh, my God. And on top of that, so I was like, hey, so do you think you maybe can just put like a quick Deadpool head in there for me since I was the first person online waiting? He goes, no, man, can't do it. I was like, all right, cool. And then I see he's like, and then it's like $150. I was like, what? Is Wait, it- for a signature? Because the books I had. It's like 
it was like seventy. It was like fifty dollars. I think it's even more now. I think he charges eighty to a hundred dollars to get yep. Um, yep. new mutants. At the time, it was like fifty dollars a piece. It was fifty, I think, to sign new mutants ninety eight and forty. It was so it was ninety dollars. I was exaggerating a little bit. And forty to Still, sign um, for an the, autograph. The, the cable, yeah. God. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, and I, you know what? I had such a bad taste in my mouth afterward. I just sold those books. You did. I was like, I, I don't even want these anymore. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah. If I was a publishing company and I heard the way he talks, even about DC, who's, you know, either number one or two, and even if you're not the company he's talking about, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want anything to do with it. Right. Because if if you make a, anything wrong, if you do anything wrong to piss him off, he's just gonna, you know, yeah. talk. Talk bad about it. It's not you. worth the risk for these guys. I mean, guys. he's talking crap about DC, who's number one or number two. And yeah. by the way, he was basically bullied off of Twitter. So now he exclusively uses IG. I really? Well, now yeah. we need to bully him off yeah. of IG. Well, that's why all those tweets are deleted. Mm-hmm. He just needs to just yeah. go away. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, I haven't gotten uh, blocked by Rob Liefeld yet. <laughs> his, his artist yeah. crap. Oh, he's one of those people that blocks yeah. all his followers? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. As soon as you say something bad about him or. or, or, or I tagged him in that post, in that story yet. <laughs> I, I wanted to see, what, but he hasn't blocked us yet because I can still see Keep his checking. account. Keep yeah. checking. Yeah. Great. <laughs> awesome. I can't wait to be blocked. All right. I want to be blocked by him anymore. Yeah. Done. Go the, away, Rob. <laughs> the creators of the legendary Thor God of Thunder series will return for a four issue miniseries in September called King Thor. Jason Aaron and Esad Ribic will bring us a story focusing on Thor of the Far Future, who was first introduced in God of Thunder seven years ago. The series will serve as a conclusion to Aaron's acclaimed run on the character. Was God of Thunder seven years ago? Yes, it was. I had to check that. <laughs> I've been, I've been I, I didn't read that reading one. comic books for that long. <laughs> Jeez. No, didn't read that one. Yeah. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, it's so good. Very good. <laughs> it was one of the first comics I actually read. Damn. One of the first series. Really? Yeah. Have you guys been reading his runs his Thor run in between is he doing more of the worlds is he kind of the head writer on that I think he is but he's also done like the other Thor series since then I've read here and there I've I'm so bad with current right now I haven't read Mm -hmm. a full Thor series probably since that one when that one ended they basically went into um, Jane Foster Thor yeah and it wasn't bad he did that too I just lost interest yeah all right next up Upcoming video game, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, the first game in the series since 2009, will be taking full advantage of the Disney-Fox merger by including the Fantastic Four in the game. Well, I heard that's an expansion pack. Yeah, it's DLC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marvel's first superhero team, along with the X-Men, have been absent from from Marvel-licensed games for many years due to the similar licensing restrictions that have kept them out of the MCU. The game is an action role-playing hack-and-slash and will release exclusively on the Nintendo Switch on July 19th. That's super disappointing to me because I'm not buying any more video game systems. <laughs> I thought it was going to be released on PlayStation. So it was only on the Switch? Only on Switch. I come on, yeah. You guys have one, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a game I need to deep dive into. Like, yeah. I, I, re- I loved playing the first two games. They were yeah. awesome. I realize it's been since 2009. That actually got me... The, that game specifically, those two <laughs> kind of got me really back into the superhero stuff because mm-hmm. they had like these like questions you would have to answer. Like you'd get like bonus or unlock more stuff if you would like answer some type of like um, trivia question. I was like, this is awesome. I was like, my cousin wanted to patent like this Marvel yeah. encyclopedia. <laughs> and we were like going through it for the answers yeah. so we could unlock. <laughs> so stuff. you said it was only exclusive on the Switch. Yeah. The game is is only so on no, Switch. No, uh, yeah. Why? Again, that's another. And this was announced at the E3. Right? Yeah, E3 this yeah. week. Yeah. Another quick thing that I saw from the E3, I think all of us are kind of excited about, is um, Arcade One Up. Is that that's the name? Of oh them, yeah. Right? Yep. They're releasing a TMNT box, which includes the original TMNT arcade um, and the Turtles, Turtles in Time, time which I'm like, oh, I'm definitely getting that. <coughs> and they're releve- releasing a Marvel one, which I think there's a Marvel. I I, I, I very um, vaguely I, remember this game, where it was like kind of an Avengers thing. 
It was like an Avengers it's an game. Arcane game. I think though? that's what yeah. it is, yeah. And then the X-Men game, which was phenomenal. I mean, it was equally as good as the original yeah. Ninja Turtle game. And then a Punisher game, which I don't recall ever playing, but I think it's kind of similar style to those games where you kind of like go along the screen and like you know attack that's awesome and then of course the star wars star right? wars. the star wars one yeah, looks insane yeah, yeah. very excited oh about that God. so and we got star wars empire strikes back and return of the jedi and that's the first one that they have where it's kind of like that the flight con- control yep. flight control yeah that's yeah. pretty cool i'm 100 percent getting that i think it's going to be a little more i think it's 350 instead of yeah they said it was going to be right below but 500 fine. is what, what i heard mm, but i don't care that's, that's fine yeah i'm, I'm going to be passing along my street fighter one yeah. and getting i've the, held out so other, far i haven't bought any they're cool. I, yeah. I, when I get the other two, I'm gonna yeah. have to get. Because well, I, I knew they were gonna come out with more. I was waiting for one that I really wanted. You can pick them up at Walmart yeah. for like seventy five bucks now. Really? Yeah. Well, the older ones. The older ones. Yeah. So yeah. is the Star Wars one gonna be on sale? No, not for probably a long no, time. No. And I don't think you'll ever see that on sale. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's gonna be a really. The reason why I think that's a lot because they gotta pay the licenses on that. Yeah, and that's, that's true. Huge licensing fees. Well, they're doing a lot. Lucasfilm is like kind of a lot really open right now. Like I don't know if you heard they're doing re-releases of all the old games. They are yes on physical format. Yep. So like Star Wars Bounty Hunter mm-hmm. is coming out on PS4. Yep. Really? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's Which is awesome. very exciting. Are they upgrading like the graphics? And no, stuff I think it? it's just straight re-releases, just like but on modern on modern systems. So what they need to do is release that thirteen thirteen game. Yeah, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. People though. are still talking about it to this day. No. Anyway. Any other E three news? Oh you guys yeah, hear about? Star Wars also. So my personal choice for the best Star Wars game is getting a new release. Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga releases in 2020 and aims to totally revitalize the series. The Star Wars Underworld reports that the game will not feature content from previous Lego Star Wars games and is a completely new game built from the ground up. Players will be able to play through all nine films in any order and freely visit all the planets from the entire, entire saga in a massive open world environment. There will also be over 200 playable characters in the game, all of which will be fully voiced. The first Lego Star Wars game released in 2005 and featured leg levels from episodes 1, 2, and 3 and served as a blueprint for all future Lego games to come. That's exciting. I am so excited. It's going to be all in one game. Yep, all nine. I used to play those with my little brother. Yeah. I feel like it's it almost gets to the point where it's not fun because they're too easy. It, it's, and it's repetitive. Well, yes. that's what I think they're trying to do with this. They're like compl- to, like, yeah, like they're starting it. from scratch. Because <laughs> even with those, um, the, the Marvel ones they made... Mm-hmm. Um, those were it was it the DC ones they made the Batman yeah they made Batman, Batman like, ones that one was so fun but it was just like like it's like it's impossible not to beat it exactly. <laughs> really yeah I think they're trying to make them and the problem I felt now. with those in the Batman like as soon as you finish you you have to go back with a certain character to finish more of this first screen like yeah hundred percent there's a lot right? there's a lot of yeah. a lot of back and forth yeah it gets old after a while well this one I think is gonna be more of a modern game with just like that's fun though yeah I'm so that's excited. fun and you can play the episodes in any order. Cool. So I'll be skipping <laughs> later ones. <laughs> All right, and finally, Australian police have shut down a drug smuggling operation that used hollowed-out comic books to hide bags of crystal meth, including <laughs> copies of DC Comics' Injustice Gods Among Us and Batman TMNT. How do you hollow out a comic book? You, I think I think they cut out all like. Are we talking the about pages inside? Graphic? No, no, graphic? comics. Weekly Shh. comics. They're thin enough. I know. Authorities seized three kilos of crystal meth and estimate that $700,000 worth of drugs were smuggled through mail-order comics from Southern California That's to Australia. great. Wow. So I think they used a blade to cut out, like, the centers of the pages inside and then put bags in between. Unbelievable. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> Fun story. Yeah. And that's it for uh, the current news. All right. Good job. All nice. right. Next, our interview with Chris Campana. All right, joining us today, Chris Campana, comic artist extraordinaire. Chris, how you doing, man? Hey, what's going on? How you guys doing? Pretty good. We're uh, we want to talk about you today. How's everything going? 
Uh, I, I don't mind talking about me. Things are good. <laughs> so <laughs> usually how we start these is we go into our guest origin story. You know, how you got into the, you're not necessarily the industry, but you know, what started you on the path to geekdom? Um, well, I was, uh, I was working at a, I, well, I was, I was going to Empire State University. I was a science student and I was, uh, <laughs> I was bit by a radioactive spider <laughs> and I, I started a wrestling career. <laughs> no, I, uh, <coughs> I, um, it really, it's a true story, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> I, it, it's, it really started, uh, I've told this story a thousand times, so, I had three older brothers. The brother closest to me, who was like seven years older, he was a big comic book guy. And I really wanted to be like him. Like, it was just, he was the coolest kid on the block to me. So I used to steal his comics, but I couldn't really read that well because I was young. So I just liked the Hulk because there was nothing to read. He was just, you know, he was just angry. (laughs) And my mom took me to the store, and I saw Man at Arms. Uh, on the shelf, and he was green. So I was like, Mommy, he must be a friend of the Hulk. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, she bought it, and I turned it over on the back, and there were all these cool figures and all this cool world and all this kind of stuff, and it was just, that's it. I, I had to get into it, so I got into Master of the Universe, and then I learned who Frank Frazetta was, and after that, that the, the rest is history. Yeah, he had um, the box art on the back of those has very, like, I don't think it was Frazetta, but it was very Frazetta-esque looking art on the back of those uh, Master of the Universe figures, you know, along with the comic book that came with them. So that those were those yeah. were awesome. Uh, again, I, you know, the, the, TC, I'm, I'm the big uh, comic book fan here, but uh, I, it's me, Tess. I just go by TC, so no one knows. we won't tell anybody just like the 100 people that listen to this sometimes <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah that's no, awesome the, the thing was like, yeah the, the mini comics well uh, according to like some of the specials you know they wanted Frazetta but he was too expensive and rightfully so but uh, like the, the mini comic stuff Alfredo Alcala uh, in the beginning was just like his art that's kind of all I needed. I mean, seeing these, these cool characters I'd never seen before and, you know, the, the world building that they did and, and then stumbling onto Alcala later with Buscema and the Conan stuff, that, that, was, that was it. And then, you know, I'm an 80s kid, Thundercats, Man, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, so, so are we. Well, most of us, some of us. It's a mixed bag we have here. So there's about five of us here tonight. Um, I think you've met my other buddy, Jim. Uh, we call him JJ yeah. on the podcast. Chris, what's up? And then we have uh, another guy we call Toy Story. Hey, what's up, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have our newest member, Bonus Jonas is what we call him. How you doing? Bonus Jonas? Yes. I used to look like a Jonas brother. <laughs> I still kind of do, but, right, you know, we'll with, a, with facial that. hair. Yeah, <laughs> we, we absolutely will. And then uh, our final member here is our Dungeon Master. Uh, he's, you know, the one who heads up all our, our, DM, uh, our D&D games. Hey, Chris, what's up? Oh, okay. Yeah. What's happening? All right, man. So what are some of the creators and uh, characters, you know, other than the Hulk, obviously, that, uh, that inspired you in the comic book world? So, I mean, for me, uh, you're going to hear my dog snoring and chewing. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, my, my dog did something some, a few episodes ago. <laughs> When I'm in the studio, like, he has to lay under the table because he's also working. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Good for him. 
for for me, uh, characters, it's weird. Like doing what I do, you know, since you know drawing comics and it's it's the gig and all that kind of stuff. People always come up to me and say, you know, what comics are you reading now? What comics did you read when you were a kid and all that kind of stuff? It's very strange because I love Spidey. Like Spidey and Moon Knight are probably one and one A for me, but I never read a ton of comics growing up. I just really. It's weird because I, I didn't read them, but I looked at every single page for the art. I just didn't read a lot of them, so I don't know a whole bunch of big story arcs. I, I, I just I read some of the big ones, but really it was the art. So, you know, with Spidey, like if you ask my favorite Spidey artist, it's Ross Andrew. And, hmm. you know, then probably, probably McFarlane after that. But And then, you know, Otley and Eminem and those guys, but... It was never reading. It was just it was just characters I dug looking at, depending on who the artist was. And Spidey's origin is is kind of big to me too. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, me and uh, me and Toy Story here, we're uh, we're working on a whole collection of Spidey. We're we're huge Spidey guys too. I'm about uh, twenty books away from finishing up an Amazing Spider-Man run, but it's getting tough. Oh it's damn! A lot, a lot of big books. Then I'm way behind, <laughs> I'm way behind that. <laughs> yeah, but no, Spidey's awesome. Uh, McFarlane's just a legend in terms of like, even though it wasn't that much work that he did on that, like how many issues? Uh, well, you're on a, you're an encyclopedia. Ooh, uh, he was on two ninety eight to three twenty six. Yeah, was it even that late? I thought it was in the twenties. Might not. It was be. it was three twenty something, but uh, and then he did the the first five. No, he did the first sixteen of the Spidey the Spider Man series. Yeah, I think it, it, it was 16. Here's the thing with McFarlane, though. Like, I stopped reading comics for a little bit and got into some other stuff. But when I – I can't remember. I think it was Spidey 3 – I think it was 302. He's on the cover with Sandman and Silver Sable. And I'd never seen anybody draw the webs like that. Yep. So it made me pick the book back up. And it actually got me back into comics and took me a little bit uh, away from, like, the fantasy art that I was, you know, pretty much digging on that whole time. And so he's kind of responsible for the mess that you guys get to see me draw all the time. You can say, like, blame Todd McFarlane for getting me back into comics. That's I, awesome. That's I, cool. I actually saw something he was talking about recently where he actually said, like, when he started drawing Spider-Man, he wanted to get the webs right and get them different than how he'd seen before. Hmm. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that, well, that's awesome. Never... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. No, it looks like you can actually grab them. Like, instead of just whatever every other Spidey artist did, like, these these webs were like, you could do something with these things. Yeah, it looked like something you could actually swing on. Hmm. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that, that, that's, my, that, that's my story. Oh, and, and Moon, Knight, uh, Moon Knight is the first comic I ever bought with my own money. Sienkiewicz and Monk, Moon Knight number one is... is uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> do you still have it? Yeah, first one. Nice. Do you, do you still have it? I have the entire run plus the annuals. I bought the entire run, which was eighty or eighty-one issues, and plus two or three annuals. I bought it for eighty bucks about <laughs> nice. ten years ago, and I've never opened one of them. Like I, I, I opened them when I, when I was a kid, but I just I never opened them again when I rebought the run because I just look at the covers and Bill's like a friggin' god. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, his art, it's unmistakable, really. So, yeah, he's out of control. Yeah. He's too, too good. He makes you feel bad about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the stuff that you've, uh, you've done within the industry before we get into kind of your uh, creator-owned properties? Oh, you want to take – I can take it back. I can take you guys back to um... – Yeah, we want to hear it all. 
right. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually even funnier yeah, well, that you, you almost did it. <laughs> well, for any indie artist who may be listening to this, uh, this is a cautionary tale. So in, man, I'm old. Uh, in 90... In 97, 96, I accepted a job with this company called Intrepid Comics in California. And I packed up my bags and I, and I, I drove to California. They'd seen my stuff in 94 at San Diego Comic-Con. And uh, when I was standing on the Image Com- I think it was Image Comics line. I think it was 94. I think it was 97, somewhere in there. All I know is that Eric Stevenson and Rob Liefeld were doing um, uh, portfolio reviews, and I watched Liefeld make somebody cry, and I was like, wow, I'm glad I'm on Eric's line. It was bad. Was it because that person drew feet better than uh, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He was insulted because of the drew. But uh, I also watched somebody, I don't know who it was, but some dude also got hired right on the line, right on the spot. I don't know who it was, but uh, I remember seeing the portfolio. It, it was mind-blowingly good and it also again made me feel bad about myself <laughs> but i don't know what year that was but for like a year or two after image started but i accepted a job with intrepid i drove cross country to cali and then they never ever secured a meeting with me for months i tracked them down uh so i came back to jersey with my tail between my legs and i started doing creator owned and by the third issue of my creator owned i Ran out of money, so that ended for a while. Uh, was, I didn't know anything I was doing, man. Like I, I didn't know anything about the business, the industry. I just wanted to draw cool stuff and have people read it. I just figured that's the way it was going to go, and it it didn't go that way. Um, so that's how I started, and then I worked for Caliber. I uh, left comics for a while and did a bunch of storyboards for like BMW and a whole bunch of commercial work for pharmaceutical companies and pretty much part-time artist until I was, I guess, for 14 years. And then I um, hooked back up with uh, IDW, did some Turtles covers, doing some stuff for Scout now, some stuff for SourcePoint Press, uh, Dynamite, I did Vampirella Pathfinder, worked on Pelos with Padre and a bunch of people. Um, did a ghosting job for DC that I can't mention what it was because it was ghosting. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I did it, so I can still say that I did it. Right. Um, yeah, I remember you yeah, uh, You had mentioned I, something like that to us before, and we're like, well, we're not going to bring it up specifically, but if he brings <laughs> it up. <laughs> yeah, I, well, you know what? Because if you know, I think I, I'm sure I told you what it was, and it's like the greatest thing that I wish I could tell anyone about, but you can't tell anyone because then since you can't show it, like you made it up right exactly you know so and i guess i guess that answers the question i mean it, that was all my mainstream sort of stuff before i decided that uh i really wanted to do creator own i mean i would work again with dc or or i have some some things going on with marvel right now that that may work may not work you never really know but creator owned is just exactly what it is like you own it, it it's everything that you would want to do with a story, yeah, you don't get to draw some iconic characters, but your characters can be iconic because you created them. Hmm. Interesting. So, um, so a lot of those, how have you launched them? Have you gone through like Kickstarter and has it just been Kickstarter or? Guys, that was a really cool statement I just said about having iconic creator on characters. I got nothing for that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> I, I was actually writing a note down. <laughs> uh, I'll no, say no. it again later. You guys just do like a like a like a retake on that, so we can just we can edit. That later. <laughs> well, yeah, let's do it. We're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna cut the yeah, whole part out. Not really, but we're gonna cut the whole part out and do it again. <laughs> no, we won't. No, <laughs> no, that dude, that that's awesome. I was like, we. I'm hearing a lot more. Like, I think all of us are hearing a lot more. People are just going this route. You know, they have great stories to tell, you know, great characters that need to come alive. And, you know, sometimes the big guys just, you know, want to deal with, like, you know, the Batman, Superman, Spider-Mans of the world. And, you know, they, they don't want to give a new character a shot. And, you know, without that, we wouldn't see, like, awesome new things that people come out with. Like, you know, First World, I read it. I think uh, some of these other guys read it, too. It's like, it's, it's a great story. I, I'm really looking forward for more on that. Uh, my favorite character, I've told you already, is Garin. Uh, you need to tell me who that yeah. guy was that you sold that uh, headshot of him to, that uh, cover, so I can track him down and get it from him. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he's popular. He looks like a Thundercat. Everybody loves him. <laughs> that's pro- uh, yeah. Maybe that's why. That's what my connection oh, that makes probably total is to sense. Yeah. But it's a uh, it's a great story. Do you have uh, Do you have more planned for First World? Well, actually, I guess since some people might not have had uh, the experience of reading it like I had, do you want to just? give a brief summary on what First World is and, you know, tell us something, something about it and, you know, maybe where you're going to go with it? You know what? I will. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> that sounds great. Thanks. Uh, the, the thing with First World was um, I'm a huge sword and sorcery guy, but my biggest issue with anything you read sword and sorcery is there's always, like, this preordained savior. There's always, as long as you do this, the world's going to survive as long as, like, Lord of the Rings. Get the ring, we're going to be all right. You know, you get the the sword, everything's going to be okay. And I just, I couldn't really relate to characters because I didn't, I didn't invest in them because the hero always wins. It's always going to happen. And yes, yeah, cool, but I, I, you know, you watch Titanic, the boat sinks. I know it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, it's a good movie, but I, I already know the end. So. The thing with First World is, legit, I was watching the History Channel one night, and it was something about the evils that men can do. And I, and I thought to myself, could you imagine if you could take, like, all the hate, anger, jealousy, regret, everything, every negative emotion that everybody has in this world, and if you could, like, take that and turn it into an army, what would that army be, and then how would you defeat it when everything that army did built the army, mm. you know, like, like what would, what would you do? And at the time I hadn't read anything else. That, I'm sure there's a ton of things that are similar to that, but I hadn't read anything that was like that. And I was like, you know what? I'll create two characters and I'll make one, like they'll both be born out of the same circumstance, but one will make this choice. One will make this choice and their paths will be built upon that it's kind of like one of those old like some of you guys might remember those choose your own adventure books absolutely oh, yeah. i love those books those are great yeah yeah it's like turn eight like you know you, you like you get those books and 86 is this and page 120 is this you, you'd like turn 86 and you die if you keep your finger <laughs> yeah. on there and you go to the other one so go back. <laughs> absolutely i don't want to make the so choice like i totally chose it. <laughs> i chose page 120 i promise you know <laughs> i'm still alive it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> exactly. It's just a flesh <laughs> so, so that was first world. There's this character named Orem and this other character named Risk. And they both experience something pretty devastating. And they make choices 
that build their path. And, you know, obviously I'm not going to give away what happens, but uh, it's nothing preordained. You make those choices. There's this book called The Book of Three. It's kind of like a play on the stuff I don't like about fantasy stuff. There. So the book called The Book of Three is Past, Present, and Future, and it's already written. And they want to go find this dragon that guards this book. And with the blood within that dragon, you can rewrite the pages. So I'm essentially That's really taking cool. a shot at the wow. genre. Yeah, I appreciate that. Because I thought it was like, you know, to me, dragons were like the oldest and wisest creatures. And they sort of built everything. Like Granomir. But they were kind of like the Wapis. What's that? I said like Granomir. Yeah, like Granomir. There you go. <laughs> the, what was that? The, 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 the book of something, the tree, whatever it was. That, yes, that, that, yes. That episode. Yes. <laughs> what was the name of that episode, damn it? Um, you know it's what? Like tree. It's, it's, just, just keep going. I'm, I'm going to find it. <laughs> I'm, I'm on IMDb. Yeah, we'll, we'll edit this right out. Yeah. We'll this is a lot of editing. <laughs> yeah, you, you go <laughs> ahead and, and continue. <laughs> it, it, it was, whatever it was, it was cool. And, and, I just thought, man, if, what would you do? Like, if you were faced with, you know, an entire village, your family, everything getting wiped out, and somebody came to you and was like, man, I know of this book. I know where it is. I can't get to it. But if we get it, we can rewrite the pages, and you legit get everything back. You might make the choice to do whatever it takes to get to that book. But... That's the bad guy's decision. He decided to do that. So he doesn't care about all the people he kills leading up to getting that book because he just figures, ah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to rewrite it anyway so all this won't happen. And then the choice the good dude makes is basically, yeah, but I don't want to put anybody for a second through what I'm going through right now, so I'm not going to make that choice. And it's kind of like both are sort of, can you really argue with what Orem's doing? You know what I mean? Like, can you argue with that? No, no. You know, you, you, I mean, he's, you might do that. Interesting. I mean, I, I like to think I wouldn't kill people, but <laughs> right. right. I, I I can't well, say the same. <laughs> We're not gonna talk about that. I, I was just gonna say it's like real quickly. Yeah. It was the dragon's gift. Dragon's gift. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Or or the tree of whatever. I was well, saying. that it, it was the yeah. He was like the tree beard. He wanted him to chop tree, down tree beard or something like that. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I knew there was some kind of tree. Thing <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> it's it's messy. Like, yeah, it's, it's the cartoon. Oh. Yeah. yeah, like the thing is, yeah, obviously you Different wouldn't like wipe out entire, and you wouldn't wipe out entire villages to get to this book, but he's like the loneliness of self, and I'm going to go into the woods a little bit on this because this is the stories. Like it's just, to me, obviously I created it, so I think it's cool. But, like, like, me and, you know, me alone. But, you know, you, how far would you really go? And, again, could you blame him because he he's twisted by it. You know, he's got this whole thing going on. He's like, I'm just going to bring it all back. Don't worry. And then when you've gone too far, when you realize all the bad stuff you've done, you can't turn back now because you owe it to everybody to keep going. So in this weird kind of twisted way, it's almost noble. Huh. Yeah. You, you know? Cause, yeah. Yeah. Cause now, you know, now his quest is to get everybody else's family back, too, because he messed up. He's in too deep. He's in too deep, and he's made all these decisions. He's made all, he's done all these terrible deeds. He has to just he, keep he going. He has to live with it. Yeah. He's got to get that book exactly. to, to, to make up for all of the terrible things he's done. 
Huh. Exactly. Wow. So, so, so the thing there is, even though we all kind of grew up on just bad guys who are bad and they're, and they're clearly defined, I want to sort of blur the line. You want the, so, full, the well-rounded villain, the well-rounded antagonist. Yeah, you want, you want exactly. to be kind of, sort of relatable. Like you understand, yeah, you, you, you understand where he's coming from kind of deal. Yeah, it's twisted and it's maniacal, but at the same time, like, eh, you know, I might have gone about a different way, but it's not totally, you know, right. terrible. Yeah, no, agreed. So you haven't finished, have you released all of them yet? No, I... Because okay. I, I was going to say, I was like, I'm pretty sure volume three was the last one I read and I didn't think there was more. Yeah, you know, to be honest, I didn't expect... I'm kind of lucky because the fan base... It, it built the fan base, and people reacted pretty positively to it, but I didn't expect it to go more than two volumes. And then because... You know, and I have my issues creatively with some things that I did personally in volume one and, and, and volume one and two, but because of the way the fan base reacted, the story kind of... I know how it's going to end, but I had a actually world build more because people liked it more than I thought they were going to like it. And I've always said, if it's one or a million and people want to read it, I'm going to draw it because you got to be thankful that somebody wants to read something that, that you essentially just thought of and would have drawn for free. So I'll keep going until people don't want it anymore. So, so I'm just looking at the Kickstarter that you did for volume three was volume one and two also on Kickstarter or did, how'd you release that? So, uh, volume one, business-wise, I kickstarted. I think issues one and might have been one and two, or even one, two, and three. But the thing is, when you're doing indie stuff, you have to make sure you come out on a fairly regular basis. And if you don't, as long as you're producing art, people usually understand. But you can't sort of vanish, and that's the biggest challenge with indies. Your price point has to stay competitive, even though your costs are more. And you have to come out on a fairly regular basis because you'll lose your readership real quick. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's a challenge. And also, you don't have 80 years of marketing behind these characters, so people aren't as invested. You're essentially everything. And, and it's, it, that, that's the big challenge of, of creating our own stuff. So I, I kickstarted, I think, one, two. It might have been all three. And then issue four, instead of doing that as a, as a floppy by itself, the business decision was made to make it part of the trade only for the first four issues because otherwise, if I had collected them and also had four floppies, I'm essentially, you know, uh, selling against myself. All right. Well, you just tell me when it's time to buy that. Then. <laughs> well, volume one, two, and issue seven, volume three are on CampanaArt.org. Well, so I go have, ahead and order those. I have, I have those. <laughs> <laughs> The new, the, the new one is written. The new one is written, and uh, I'm happy with it. There's some cool stuff that happens, uh, and I think I'm getting better as a writer, and I'm, and I'm understanding I'm learning the characters, too, so I'm sort of writing in their voices more. So I'm, I'm, I'm so it's a learning process for you, and, too. And what's that? It's a learning process, right? Oh, absolutely. When I go back to, to volume one... Uh, especially the first two or three issues, I, I wasn't giving the readers enough credit. I was over-explaining, kind of like I'm doing now, because I I, <laughs> I, I just get I get caught up in the thought of it, and I and I want to make sure that it's clear because 
I don't know, creators' minds are always so convoluted, but it kind of makes sense when I put it down on paper. Right. So is that something you didn't realize until after, like, way after the fact? Yeah, the, the regrets the, the regret set in after I ran through the issue. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Too late now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah. It, it was still good. I, I think, you know, I mean, I've told you this, you know, personally. I was just like, by the time I got to volume two, volume two, like, just hits the ground going. I was just like, oh, man. I was like, as soon as I finished that, I was like, well, I need to get, like, ep, you know, issue seven here. And I read that. I was like. All right, well, I want to read the rest now. So <laughs> that was uh, it. Was, Did you? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was, I was finished. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, well, I, I thank you for your thoughts. Did you find that in issue seven, like, because now you've read all of them, and I know that a lot of people were saying, you know, look, we want to see this Cantara stuff because it's the prequel from like 2012. And I, that's one of the reasons why I overwrote the first few issues because I was talking about characters a lot of people didn't know from a, a you know a prior project and I thought putting issues one and two of Kantara in the back of issue seven of First World made sense because now you sort of were really hungry for that info. You know, it was funny. I I was a little confused when I got to it at first. That could have just been me. But I went back, and then I, right. I, and then I understood what it was. I was just like, because I, I thought I thought it was just continuing. And I was like, all right, maybe this is a flashback. But then I was like, w- when I went back and I read, I was like, oh no, this is you know what you referenced. And then I understood what it was. But I, I'll be honest, I was confused at first. <laughs> it could just be me though. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, that may have been the case for a lot of people. It's, it's hard because when you know, I when I I know these characters inside and out. So there's a weird line. Where you don't want to over-explain, but also, you know, you've got you to give people enough either, sort of. Right? They need some questions, but you but you also have to answer some questions. You know, it's weird. It's a challenge. You got to put yourself in the reader's shoes, right? Like, and figure out exactly what they want and need. Yeah, you, you want to. The thing you could do is you could hand it to people who have no idea what the hell you're talking about and see if they understand it. <laughs> nah, that makes sense. <laughs> How do you find your script for yourself? Since you're the one who's doing the writing and the, the art duties, do you write out like a full script with panel descriptions? Do you do um, thumbnails where you, you, you kind of write out what's going to happen on each page, but you have like thumbnails with what you were going to do and, and maybe kind of work it out art-wise a little bit like a, instead of doing the full script method, the Marvel method? He's, the our, Marvel method he's our art that- guy, by the way. That's how he had that question for you. <laughs> I I I, lo- I absolutely love that question. You get to ask at least three more questions. <laughs> this is Bojo. <laughs> <laughs> that question is awesome. Uh, I will talk art all day long, every day. Awesome. Uh, it's it's more the Marvel method because I'm an artist first, writer second. I kind of figured. So, I, I thought uh, that might be the case, but I, I figured I'd wanted to ask that. Um, yeah, no, you're 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 spot on, and I don't I don't pretend to be the other way around. In fact, only recently did I start putting in my bio writer and artist because I, I oh, but see, as an artist, you're also sort of a writer visually, so mm-hmm. you know, it, it again, there's that weird blurred line to it. But I think the way I work is I I, I come up with a plot, and then I I have A to B, and then I figure out how I'm I'm getting there visually, and it's sort of um this very organic thing where I'll start drawing a page and by the time I get to that bottom of that page, it's, I already know where I'm leading. And then it just, it's kind of like, um, it just, it just 
flows from there. If you're in a good rhythm, it just flows. The, the book kind of writes itself at this point because I know the characters so well, and I just get really excited about certain visual things because I've already built their relationship. So now we can get into, like, the banter, and mm -hmm. we can get into all this stuff. So it's, it's easier now than it was, prior, like, early on. Okay. Do you ever, no do you ever find now. yourself, like, you, you get to the bottom of the page, you're like, yeah, it would be cooler if I do this, and you wind up doing that second revision or third revision. Do you find that, like, you'll do an entire issue, and then you're like, eh, none of this worked? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, what I had to learn, and, and I've, I've spoken to a bunch of big artists about this, is, for the most part, you're 65-70% happy with any issue you put out, but if you, if you'll never be 100%, and if you try to be, you're never going to hit your deadline. Yep. So, you know... Yeah, that, that's basically what it is, because I don't think any artist could ever say the image in your head is exactly what you get on the paper. Mm -hmm. It is never that. It's never as good. You know, it, it, it gets close, but it, it never happens. So it's one of those things where... That's a great I've description a for it. I've, I've, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say I really that appreciate that you saying yeah, that. <laughs> that makes it really yeah, it, clear, it's, yeah. It's the truth. And, you know, pencils have erasers for a reason, and, and, you know, it, it, it's just, it, you know, mistakes happen. It is an imperfect thing. And I was talking to, um, I was talking to Kari Andrews a couple of years ago at this show. And he was like, man, because a lot of people think you work sequentially. And I don't work sequentially. I'll do page one. I'll do page seven. I'll do the ones that demand the most out of me artistically. And I already know in between, like from two to six, I know how I'm ending up to seven. So even if it's not thumbnails, visually I have it. And if not, well, then that becomes page eight or becomes page six, but I know where I, how I'm getting there. And I'll do the ones that demand the most, whether it's a bunch of backgrounds or they're the major splash pages or it's a two-page spread with a huge battle. Those are the ones I roll into because by the time you're at the end of an issue, you're shot. And the, the last thing you want to do is sit down and do a three-point perspective scene <laughs> You know, oh, with, like, geez. cars and talking heads. You want nothing to do with that. <laughs> that I, I can completely understand that. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, hit those early. I just want to back up real quick. So you, you, you just said that, you, you know, there are times where you do, you do page one and then you'll do page seven? And then yeah. do the other pages later? Like, that just... Yeah, absolutely. That boggles my mind Thinking right about now. it, it's like, weird. Because yeah. how do you put the story together? No... He's got the. I'm jumping in here, Chris. Like the thumbnails, you got those are ready to go. So it's just a matter of you jumping on the stuff that like is gonna like require the most energy and and, and thought, right? It just boggles my mind right now. Like, <laughs> I, that just I'm oh. too yeah, yeah, I'm too OCD so, person. For that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so you so you can you you can never be a perfectionist and an artist in a comic book because that's my problem. Yeah, I guess that, that is <laughs> a problem. You you're your well, own. Well, there's. But there's the challenge of it because you are a perfectionist because your name is attached to this, so it has to look as good as possible. But you will never be a professional artist and a deadline artist if you are a perfectionist. So deal with that. Yeah. So if I, how do you find the happy medium between that? Uh, when you don't get jobs anymore because you miss deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound happy. <laughs> yeah, then you're like, oh, okay, I get it. The happy medium for me is when you realize printed image is six and five eighths by ten and a quarter, 
and there's probably a word balloon over that thumb that you know you messed up. So, <laughs> you know, let's just go on to the next one and make sure that the split, like hit your money shots. You know, if you're drawing, example, you got a, like, here's a three-page spicy sample right here. Okay, you got a couple in a diner. They're talking. The waiter's there. All of a sudden, the waiter looks up, drops the coffee, you know, carafe thing or whatever that he's pouring things out of. And the couple turns, you look out the window, and Rhino's running by with a bag of money. Okay, nobody wants to draw that opening scene, but you have to hit it. But you can maybe do some stuff in there where it's not going to be seen as much. The money shot is that second splash when Rhino's running down the street. You've got buildings, people reacting to him, cars exploding on the side, and Spidey's in the back swinging in. Nail that shot. Nobody remembers that the pinky on the waiter's hand was wonky. <laughs> You're absolutely that's really right. That, that's wow. that's a great uh, that's, that's a great walkthrough. That's pretty cool. because yeah. I can actually visualize that when you were talking. I was like, I can see this like yeah. visually in my head. Wow. So you so you actually know what you're doing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's awesome. Who, uh, who said that? Who said that? That, that, that was Tess, of course. <laughs> No more questions from that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a quiet episode then. <laughs> yeah, I, your gigantic statue. I have your gigantic statue in a box in my studio. Oh, it's now come mine. on. I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, our, our next talking uh, point was, uh, was Adventures of Parker Reef. And, you know, the gigantic statue is part of that as well. Uh, so, yeah. so he's a character, right? So I, I have my, or, my book on pre-order. Uh, why don't you give us a yeah. little bit of, you know, Adventures of Parker Reef. So, well, to, to, to speak to deadline and, and product part of it, so the statues came in, um, I can't remember when I posted that. It's probably almost two weeks ago I got the statues in, and I only opened one, and I only opened the base that was um, one of 25, and I took that and I put it next to, um, like, all, you know, some other stuff, uh, like, pictures of Tana and, and, and all those kinds of things in my, in, uh, in my studio. Everything else is still bubble wrap. It's still in box. Um, I'll just be taking the bases out and signing them, but they'll be shipped as they were shipped to me. I'll check. I got to do quality control and make sure there's nothing wrong with them, but I'm going to touch them as little as possible if I can, if I can, to make sure that they're as pristine as when I got them. Got it. Uh, the, the thing with that is I was, I need to check them because they were shipped from the Philippines, and I just want to make sure everything's good because that's that's a long way to come to you know to Jersey. Oh yeah. Uh, but is, what I is that international to do, too though? From coming from Jersey to like the rest of the United States. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so we'll go on from this. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, I'm from Staten Island, man. Come. To Pump the brakes on me a little bit. Oh, boy. Now, I don't know the, which one's worse. <laughs> stick stick with worse. Jersey. Not worse. This, this interview is over. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for your time. <laughs> the, uh, the thing with Gigantic, what I wanted, so I'm, I'm, I'm mailing out a whole bunch of the Variant Turtles covers now. I'm mailing out a whole bunch of wristbands from the foundation, which some people may be familiar with. So the next thing is, the Kickstarter for Parker Reef, you know, getting all those rewards fulfilled and drawing all those drawings, like 60 drawings, and then packaging and shipping out Gigantic. And if you ordered Parker Reef and Gigantic, honestly, I'm just I'm shipping them both together. So when I get Parker Reef back, you're going to get all that stuff together. So okay, you cool. might get it a little bit after someone else, 
but it just makes, I think it's kind of cool to get the whole package together. No, absolutely agreed. Uh, you know, a little bit more impactful. And I've decided to do something with the, the, uh, the gigantic packaging where I'm trying to figure out some kind of bonus thing I'm going to put in the packaging with the statue. I'm not going to tell you guys what it is because I want it to be a, a surprise when you get it, but Ooh. there's something coming with that isn't the book, that isn't the statue. You're getting a bonus thing with Gigantic. Uh, I wanted to do him like on card, like the old action figures, but the, but it was just the pricing was astronomical. Yeah, because it's a big, it's it's a pretty big piece, right? Yeah, well, he's he's the same size as the He-Man figure, but to have all that done, I mean, I guess I could you know print out the backing boards, all those kinds of things, but to be honest, and, and you know, full disclosure, running a nonprofit, being a full-time artist you guys would have been waiting way longer to get those statues. So I'm doing something else that's, that I think is kind of cool, you know, and uh, hopefully everybody digs it. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to you see what make, it is. Yeah, I think you'll, I think you'll like it. And, and the statue, like I said, I opened mine, and it's just, it's just so cool. Like, he just he, he feels like an 80s action figure. Yeah, I was just going to say the that's same cool. thing, 100%. Yeah. You know, when I saw him, I was like, it literally looks right, like, right out of, like, a uh, Master of the Universe episode. Like, I could see this guy being in, you know, episode, like, 76 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm... Well, I'm, like, like, the cool... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I keep cutting you off because there's, like, a weird timing thing, but I want, I want to hear what you have to say because what you say is important to me. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, what I was gonna say was I'm looking at it now on on your uh, on your website. It does look pretty cool. Um, you still have these. Av- you. you still have these available. <laughs> I've got I've got four left. Oh, okay. Um, I, think, I think you're gonna have three left. You're gonna have three <laughs> left. <by laughs> the end of the night. Oh, it's cool. Well, I, I appreciate that. Just know that those funds go right towards the foundation. I, I, I they go right towards um, helping families get things for their kids. I, I did. All I did is the money I made from those is I paid the cost of them, and then every other dime went goes right towards the foundation. I, I don't pocket any of that stuff. That, so you might uh, have two left. <laughs> two left. Uh, good. That, that's <laughs> even better. Just know I already have them in stock, so there you go. I'll tell you one of the one of the coolest things is a couple of weeks ago in Dallas at uh, Dallas Fan Expo. I'm sitting and I was talking to Ed McGinnis. And, you know, he comes to my table and he's looking at my work and we're talking about working with Marvel and all this kind of stuff. And even though, like, I've got this potential, like, Marvel project going, the coolest thing he said to me was, man, I really want to draw this guy. And I looked down and it's gigantic. He's like, I have to draw him. So it's that's, just, that's awesome. That's just, yeah, it was cool, man. Like, Ed McGinnis is, like, ridiculously good. And he he's going to draw a gigantic piece for me. So that's just... I can't wait to see it. That's awesome, man. I I I, I want to see that too. Make sure you post that. <laughs> and Jim's getting his credit card. No, I'm, I'm keeping it myself. <laughs> Screw you guys. It's, it's my mine alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm just saying. I want you know. He's getting his credit card to buy the statue. J- Jim is getting his credit card out to buy the statue right now. I'm sitting next oh, to both awesome. Toy Story and JJ, and they're both like placing orders now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I I appreciate that. I'm telling you, it, it's cool. So he. Like most statues, so the way he sits on the base, he's got that peg coming out of his foot. He's got the hole in his foot, the peg's coming out of the base. It goes right on the base. Bottom of the base is signed by the sculptor. I sign the top. There'll never be more than 25 made, and that's the end of it. So that, that's how limited it is. But a lot of people, after seeing him, and no one's read the book, but a lot of people, after seeing him, want me to do 
uh, a series of books with him because he's just so much fun. So uh, that's something that could happen down the road. It's not something I'm going to do. I've got a few other things that I've got to work on prior, you know, before I do that. But that could be. Cool. That could be. Can, uh, I'm just going to cycle back for, a, for just a quick second. Can you tell us a little about, about the foundation, uh, maybe the full name of it, what it is that you're, you're doing with it? You mentioned it was a nonprofit, and I, I just think uh, for the listeners out there, maybe just uh, give them a little, little rundown on what that is. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go into the weeds on this. So, uh, you know, 15 months ago, I lost my girlfriend and our 37-week-old son uh, to, um, to a uterine rupture. They, they passed away. Uh, we didn't know it was happening, and from that moment on, uh, you know, you kind of scramble. You want to do everything to sort of have a part of them with you and, and, and to keep carrying them with you in this world. So, you know, the Adventures of Parker Reef is that, and also uh, the foundation is called Tanina's Reef. And Tanina, her, you know, her, uh, my girlfriend's name is Tana, and uh, her parents used to call her Tanina, and Parker's middle name was Reef. So the foundation is called Tanina's Reef, and basically what it is uh, is we had an incredible, incredible baby shower. I mean, <clears throat> we got every single thing you could get, and we got doubles because people were just, you know, Tana's first baby, my third, and we were just, you know, over the moon about this stuff. And some families, whether it's a single parent, you know, or, or a family too, it's an unexpected child, or maybe you know they had to get their breaks done that month, or they lost a job, or whatever it is. Some families can't get the stuff that we got. So the foundation is basically you contact me, or I find you through like social services or whatever. And if you need something, whether it's a full-on baby shower, or if it's diapers for that week, formula for that month, whatever it is, I get it for you. I find a way to get it for you. We have, you know, we have a process where I make sure that, um, you know, you're not taking advantage of the system. I make sure that you, 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 know, you need it because uh, you want to make sure it's going to the right places. Right. And, you know, we, we, we show up. You get the stuff. If you want to take a picture, we take a picture. If you're, you know, not embarrassed, but if you want to be kept between you and me, we keep it between you and me and your baby and you have what you need to get you to the next one. And, and that's, and that's basically it. it. It's just sort of my way of making sure that Tana and Parker, you know, keep going and that every kid and every family has, I guess, you know, selfishly a part of, a part of them too, you know, but I, it's something that Tana had a nonprofit on her own when she was, when she was here. Uh, it was, um, you know, for like dancers and she also had something for uh, domestic abuse and all that kind of stuff. She was a trauma therapist, so she was very involved in those kind of communities. And it's just something I, I, I felt compelled to do. It's challenging. Nonprofits are difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's a good thing. It's fantastic. That's a very noble cause. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah it's, awesome. it's amazing, Chris. It really is. Thanks, man. It's, it's a... You know, it's one of those things. It's just, it's just one of those things. You, it's, you'll see when you read Parker Reef and all that kind of stuff. It's, uh, you know, I joke around and, and, and all those kinds of things, but there's some heavy stuff. And you kind of got to 
just get up and, and, and you just you push through that wall no matter how you can. And, and Tanina's Reef is one of those ways that I push through it. That's uh that's awesome, man. Um, like, like I've told you before, is like you know it's that that you know your story kind of always hit me hard, and you know I know we used to joke beforehand about the whole uh, you know man at arms mustache thing, and now it's like <laughs> right. you know, as my right way of remembering them, man at arms never has a mustache again. So that was just <laughs> you know that's my personal thought that's right. for you, yeah. But um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the book now? All right, so the book. Um I have to tell you, so did I ever tell you guys about how the book even came about? No, um, I don't think, I don't think so, I've no. It's, cra- it's the craziest thing. Um, I was sitting, I was having a hard time drawing. Uh, you know, it was, it's hard to sort of settle back into uh, letting, to be an artist, for me anyway, is you have to let your mind go and you just kind of drift off into this thing where you create. And everything else shuts off, and and uh, you get into like kind of this zen sort of state where you just you just draw, and you don't even hear the music playing anymore, you don't hear your phone, and all of a sudden you look up and it's like seven hours later, and you're exhausted because mentally and physically you're shot, but you created something. And after everything happened, I couldn't do it anymore. Like I, I thought about walking away, all that kind of stuff. And I was sitting down at my table, and I started drawing this picture, and it started out as a female warrior holding like a like she was sitting on some creature she had i figured i'd go back to my fantasy art roots and you know she's like sitting on this creature and it was kind of like this cute kind of drawing and all of a sudden it turned into a 14 year old parker sitting on a rock with a soul guardian uh next to him and i had no idea where it came from and no joke the entire story was written under 10 minutes wow Hmm. <laughs> it, I don't know, and and I, I'm not a, like a I'm not like a not to get too much into it, but I'm not a crazy religious guy. But I will tell you without a doubt, something Hannah helped me write the entire book. It was done. I had start to finish in under ten minutes, ten minutes tops. I knew how it was going to end. I knew where we were going. I knew different you know lands he was going to travel travel to. I knew all of it. And I remember sending a text to my buddy who I've known since I was 16. And he's like, that's it. You've got your masterpiece. Now go draw it. And that's how it started. That's cool. That's awesome, story. man. That's amazing, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty nuts. And I just bought the book, too, now. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be able to put Thank those you. together Thank and you. ship. You'll be able to, because it's two separate orders now, so I screwed up. But so- <laughs> two separate orders. <laughs> So can you tell us... Um, okay, if, I, if I lose track of them, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about uh, Gigantic's role in uh, the story, or is it too, uh, is it too spoilerific? Read the book. Well, you know what? I, here, here's the thing. Like, the book, the book could have been 500 pages. It could have been 10 pages. It ends up being... It, it's 43 pages... Of art, the best way to explain it is it's like, and this is not a spoiler at all. It's kind of like Castaway. I, I, the initial, like again, it was ten minutes. I had the entire thing, and then I took myself out of it because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't. Um, it's a personal project, but I didn't want to get so caught up in it that that it became like a grief book. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want it to be yeah. just 
just like you're stuck in the mud the whole time because I already I already lived that so I didn't want the it's an adventure it's the adventures of Parker Reef I had to make it you know an adventure I had to write him the way I would expect him to be at 14 years old so it wasn't just I had to be really careful to not be like and then I was sad and I miss you guys and you know here's more depression because if the book's going to help people who, who have gone through something similar or whatever, they don't want to read that. You know, like you don't want to, if you're down, you don't want to be more down. Right. So it mm-hmm. was just, you know, so it was one of those things where, you know, I, I had to be careful with stuff. So it's a 43 page book, um, gigantic plays. And I almost said a gigantic role. But I, <laughs> can can you say that right now? Just do it. <laughs> he plays a gigantic role in the book. There we go. <laughs> a very pivotal character. Basically, uh, his quote unquote origin is this: um, after they passed, Hannah takes certain things from my studio, and because she wants parts of me to be with Parker, since I can't be there. And Gigantic is my man-at-arms. So, you know, in the book, that's who he is. He's the first action figure I ever got. And because of that, he's the bridge between myself and Parker. He's the one who sees Parker as a kid and saw me as a kid. So his design, again, came to me really, really quickly. Uh, There was... There's one thing I took away from his helmet, but besides that, it's it's the first sketch. He made it from first sketch right through pretty much exactly the same thing. And he resonates with people for whatever reason he resonates. But um, he's got a pretty important role. He's he's uh, he's funny. I, I, I kind of wrote him... I, I, I wrote him to sort of... Uh, Be you a little bit, maybe? Yeah, you know, he's – I don't want to give anything away, but there's okay, a really okay. cool part. <laughs> it sounds uh, like an awesome just, concept. Cool I'm going to be honest with you. Well, I appreciate that because it, 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 I really think he's kind of – he's something that is like a one-of-a-kind sort of creation for me. It's just I don't think I'm going to create a character that is, is him for any other book. I could write 20 more books, and I don't think I get another gigantic out of it. But there's this cool part in the story where him and Parker are on, the, on this adventure. And he was an action figure, and now, in, you know, wherever they are, he can do things that he could only do, pretend, as an action figure. Like, his action feature, all of a sudden, is a real thing he can do in this world, and he can't understand why. But at the same time, he's also, he's also finding out, like, he's afraid of the dark. And he doesn't, like, he's like, it's just like he's cool. <laughs> like, like they're, they're walking into this cave, and he's with Parker, he's like, uh-oh. And, you know, Parker says, I won't give away the actual script. Parker's like, what? He goes, I think I, and then they keep walking and he gets started. He's like, yep, I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I, I really yeah. too hard to that. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's cool because, you know, when you're playing with your superheroes, they're your superhero action figures and they can do whatever. And so he's sort of of that same sort of ilk. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a superhero. And then he goes into the real world. And he's like, oh, man, I, I, this is not great. <laughs> those, kinds, those kinds of things are cool and the story to answer your earlier question with uh with the story itself is basically this 
So Parker's 14. They've been in heaven or wherever you think people go. And he wants to know about me. And everything that Tana tells him, 14-year-old kid, it's not enough anymore. So he wants to figure out a way to get back to me to ask me the questions that she can't answer. And, and that's essentially where it kicks off. And then script-wise, I took myself and Tana out of it a lot more, and I made it, like I said, completely, it, it's his adventure, and, it, and it's, I, I think it, um, it's hard to say because it's so, so personal, but I think it's got an appeal to it that, you know, a lot of people will, will, will dig and, and find something they like about it. But at the same time, if they don't, it's, it's personal. I, I, I don't know what to say. It's a weird thing. Chris, you talked about this. I desperately want to read it. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm not. Real. I'm not lying. I, like yeah. I was like, I, I want you to send me this book now. <laughs> <laughs> well, good news. I've got the pencil. The pencil edition is done. So there's a limited edition pencil edition. It just got finished. Lettered. Lettered was done today, Tuesday. So we're in post production on the lettered version, which I will have for Heroes Con. Uh, coincidentally, Father's Day weekend, <clears throat> and then the. Colors will be has 10 pages left, and we'll just take the letters that were on the pencils and we'll overlay them right onto the colors. So probably a week or two after. And then it's, and then it's, <clears throat> it, it's done, and it's, it's out there for the world to see. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, so. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're absolutely looking forward to reading that. I cannot wait. And uh, we'll definitely talk about it after we read it uh, as part of our, you know, our future podcast, you know, what we're reading and watching. So um, just look into the future uh, after Parker Reef. So is there any um, characters or, you know, creators that you're looking to work with or, you know, things that you want to get done? So, um, you know, full disclosure, I, I, I did think about leaving after Parker Reef, you know, like I thought about leaving prior to, because I figured it was kind of like, uh, kind of like you know, you drop the mic and you and you go. Mm-hmm. You know, like here, here it is. I don't know that I could do anything, you know, better than this. This right. is pretty yeah, much. That's understandable. You know. Yeah, but but, and I thought about it for a while, and it was, but the reason I'm talking about it is because it's not what I'm going to do. It's, uh, I, I kind of, the thing about the thing that Tana loved about me the most is that I saw my dream and I went for it. So to sort of leave it is. It's, you're not really. I, I owe more to myself and more to her. I, I got to say, right? And I got other stories. It's you probably know, not what she would want for you, right? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, happiness first. But happiness is is me sitting at my table, getting lost in a world that I create. Right. So I have to. I got to figure out a way to keep doing that. It's just it's a little bit more of a job than it used to be. But uh, as far as characters, I. Man, I can't talk about it too much. It just happened uh, this weekend in Detroit, <clears throat> and I, I'll know more on June 5th. Mm-hmm. But there's something that I've been with a Marvel character that I've been kicking around for a while, and I sat down with a writer who's worked on, who's worked for DC and Marvel, and we had some great conversations over the weekend, and we're pitching it. Well, they're pitching it in their meeting on June. And if it goes, 
it would be just a cool, like a really awesome storyline. And uh, besides that, I've got something coming up with Scout called Totality, which is a cool book that uh, I've got to start kicking into once I'm done with all these things here. I've got a book called um, Immortalis with my buddy Garrett Gunn uh, from Source Point Press uh, that we're going to work on. And then there's some other things. I'm lucky that people want to work with me and want me to sort of take characters that they've created and jump in their world and make it my own a little bit and, and try to tell a great story. I'm kind of lucky that way because I'm not a big Marvel DC name, but thankfully I, I'm at an ability level where people want me to work on this stuff because it, you know, they think it's going to look good. You know, so it's, it's, I can't complain. That's awesome. Yeah, no, we're, <laughs> we're not going to complain either. We're excited to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Nice, nice little segue there. That was like, a, I'm not going to complain either. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting better at we're, this. We're catching <laughs> on. We're catching on. Flown a little bit. Yeah, better. you know, we're, uh, we're, catch, we're catching, uh, uh, you know, the steam and the sails on our way. And, uh, uh, the wind yeah. in our sails, something <laughs> just, like that? Yeah, the wind in our sails. <laughs> just so you know, my, my, uh, my son is a journalism major who just graduated, really respected that. Oh, did he? Really? You're, you're <laughs> might, you might have to hire him. <laughs> you might have to. You got rent to pay. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't pay, but. Uh, that's uh, well, problem. give him a meal or something. Yeah, oh, absolutely. We'll give him a meal, 100%. Uh, that's, yeah, we pay him food, no problem. Yeah, that's, that's our only form of payment right now. <laughs> so, so, Chris, uh, what kind of advice would you give to your younger self after all these years of experience? My younger art self, yes. like just speaking professionally. Yeah, like it, like when you were just starting out, is there anything that you wish you would have known? Well, my, my younger personal self, I would have said, put down the Hot Pockets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're so good. <laughs> Scalding Hot <laughs> I know, Pockets. You got to cut them open first before you eat them. It's too much steam. Right? <laughs> I, was at, I wore husky jeans, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 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 my professional self, yeah, hot pockets. My <laughs> professional self is, um, you know, when I was 19, I was accepted to art school in New York, and I was really, really, I'm setting myself up for a, a, a nice snarky comment here, but I was really arrogant and very, very over the top. I had like the wrong kind of belief in myself because I had everybody in my circle telling me how good I was. I didn't have the right people around me. I had like, you know, family tells you you're really good and you know, you got a bunch of yes people around you and nothing you draw is bad. So I went into the school thinking I was better than everybody else and I, and I didn't stay. And the things I could have learned in that school, I probably would still be here, but I'd have been here probably 10 years sooner. Mm-hmm. Huh. You know, so I think the biggest the biggest advice to my younger self would have been show your stuff to people who don't love you. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's great advice, actually. Yeah, that's great. I, yeah. I feel like, you know, I've yeah. a lot of the stuff that I've heard, you know, that you can only learn so much from people telling you the same thing. It's like, you know, the, the losses yeah. teach you just as much as, yeah. you know, your wins kind of thing. And that's, you know, I feel like that resonates with everything, mm-hmm. especially art. Yeah, you know, I mean, your, your, your grandparents are going to tell you they love you, and they're going to buy you every art supply in the world. And my mom <laughs> has things I drew when I was, you know, 10 years old and all that kind of stuff. But the my my big turning point for me was I was at New York Comic Con, 
And I showed my stuff to an editor, and he legit was like, are you sure you want to do this? Because this is trash. <laughs> and I like, you know, inside I was just devastated and crying. But uh, and I remember, too, I, I had drawn a, a, a Spidey uh, sample, and he was like, Peter Parker looks like Punisher to me. He's too muscular. He doesn't look like he would look right in the suit. And by the way, you don't know how to draw perspective. And these are the same pages that even my art teacher was like, these are fantastic. And that was one of those moments where you say, well, either I could go home and draw again tomorrow, or I could say, screw that guy. He doesn't know anything and not self-doubt and continue on the same path. Thankfully, after, after like a week of breaking every pencil and hating myself, I bucked up and, and, you know, got back on it and started drawing. I brought books on anatomy and I started drawing from real life and I learned how muscles work and, you know, drew cars even though I didn't want to. And, you know, like the thing I was talking about before, the Spidey scene. I'll get a job drawing Spider-Man, but you're not going to get a job if you can't draw Peter and, and MJ having coffee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. You know, how do you get to the rhino page? You can't just start at the rhino page. Right. You've got to be able to draw the other one. Right. It's about telling the so, story, not just the splash pages. What's that? It's about telling the story, not just drawing those splash pages. Not just drawing Yeah, no editor, no editor in their right mind is going to draw you because you come to their table with a portfolio full of, of you know, pinups. Yep. Yeah, that makes you sense. Know, that, there's that, there's that, that's great advice. What's the what's the best uh, constructive criticism you got at one of those uh, portfolio reviews? Great question. Yes, good question, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a yeah, it's solid question. Uh, it's, it's solid. It was just okay. <laughs> I it, it's it's the same thing I say. Uh, okay, so here's the deal. I'll answer that by saying what I say to young artists now when they come to the table, because this is pretty much how it was said to me. If this is not an addiction, if this isn't your heroin, <laughs> kindly, kindly leave. Because you are, taking, you are taking space up for people who are addicted to it. So the, the, the thing that was said to me the most was, you better be prepared to hate yourself and hate everything you put on paper until the point where you can sort of accept it where you can kind of uh, stomach it in a sense because again it's never going to be the best thing that you saw in your head so if, if you can get to that point and you have worked hard enough where you start to in- appreciate your own lines and you stop saying that doesn't look like McFarlane and I can't accept it the moment you trust your lines and stop aping people's styles and stop mimicking and stop comparing is the moment you're ready to be a professional. That's great. That's really solid. That's, that's super advice, man. We have, uh, we have some, yeah. s- some people here that follow the podcast that I think are aspiring artists or are trying to be up-and-coming comic artists. That's some really good advice. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, I tell young artists all the time, and it's the reason why I put uh, in the back of Volume 2 of First World, I put stuff from 1999 in the back of there. And... People are like, why are you doing that, man? It, it, it's trash. And I said, yeah, because I have people who like my stuff now, and I want them to see where I came from, because you cannot compare yourself to me if you've been in the game for five years. 
unless you're, you know, God-given talent, and, and it doesn't matter what you do, you shouldn't be as good as somebody who's got 25 years in. You just shouldn't be. Hmm. But you you compare yourself. I, I compared myself nonstop to, to giants. And one day I was like, I, I can't be as good as them. I haven't drawn the pages. You know, I haven't I haven't done the work. I have you know, most people say you need three hundred pages of sequentials before you're ready for your first gig. They're right. <laughs> wow. You know? It's in most cases, that's what it is. I know a guy who did he was at three oh six and he got his first gig. I know another guy who was at two ninety seven, got his first gig. You wow. know, it, 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 you need you need to learn. And the best one. when I got back in the game, I got back in the game in twenty twelve and I thought I was ready. I look at that stuff now. I look at the stuff from three years ago. There's a reason why I wasn't hired. <clears throat> I wasn't ready. I was good, but I wasn't. I wasn't pro good. I was indie good, you know. And there's some, and that's that's okay because if you can be pro good. You got to be indie good, right. and it's just a process. You can't you jump over to, everything. You can't, and, and and if you try to, you're going to get stuck in just self doubt and just hating yourself, and the industry is going to eat you up. And, and you're, you're not going to make it. Just take your hits. You need one. You can have as many rejections. You need one yes. So just, just you know, just keep going till you get the yes. Or, yeah. or if it's not an addiction. I love that. Keep yeah, going until you get the yes. I love that. It's your best yeah, line tonight. Kind, keep or, going until you get the yes. I love it. Yeah, or kindly leave. It's not a... It's not a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, it's not a statement of being... I'm not trying to be a jerk when I say it. No, no. Just, I, I get where you come from 100%. Yeah, you know, save yourself the trouble because this is hard. I know people who have been in the industry for 20 years, they can't get a gig right now. It's not because they're not good. It's because gigs are hard to come by, which is my, it's, which is why there's more creator-owned, which is my, why there's more IPs, mm-hmm. you know, now. It's difficult to come by. Marvel doesn't pay the way it used to. DC doesn't pay the way they used to because they could. Uh, there's a story about Doug Stegmeyer who was in Billy Joel's band years ago, and a buddy of mine was a musician, and he was like, "Why'd you leave Billy's band?" And he's like, "Because Billy could have taken a crap on an album and sold a million copies, and I don't want to do that anymore." And DC and Marvel could take a crap in a book and sell comics. Because the movies are so big, and because the IP is so big, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. They don't need, That's a great they, point. They don't need you anymore. I appreciate you bringing up Billy Joel for us Long Island <laughs> yeah. comic guys. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Billy's my number one. Billy's my number one. Dude. You sure you don't want to move up here? <laughs> uh, all right. So number. All right, so wait. What's your number one Billy Joel song? Oh man. Uh, I'm probably a piano man guy. Yeah, piano man. And he hates that song. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I love it. I, love I, I sung that I, song at. At uh, City Field Game Three, uh, twenty was it twenty sixteen, twenty fifteen uh, World Series with everyone else. It was the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> I kind of like uh, River shot. of Dreams. Yeah. You may be right. Okay. Ooh. All right. I've lost respect for you. Okay. <laughs> That's all <laughs> no, right. That's a good. That's a good song. I wouldn't I, expect I, people to have respect a... for me. <laughs> <laughs> Street Life Serenader is my song. So it's a good one too. Nice. Good. Hmm. <laughs> All right, Chris, so before we uh, wrap this up here, we're going to do a little game segment. So this is a new game we're testing out. It's called Speed Geek. So I'm so ready right now. <laughs> it feels like $100,000 pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit. 
Well, we're, we're, what we're giving away for this contest is bragging rights. So, <laughs> uh, so basically, oh, <laughs> basically, <laughs> what we're gonna do is we're gonna uh, one of us is gonna do a, a timer. We're gonna do thirty seconds. I'm gonna try and ask you as many questions as you. They're all pretty like straightforward questions. You just kind of have to add, answer as many as you can as quickly as you can. We're gonna mark them down, and then our okay. buddy Jim is gonna do the same thing, uh, and then we're gonna see who okay. gets more right. Okay. Crap. All right, uh, okay. <laughs> Jim, Jim, you're gonna get you're gonna get more right, Jim. Uh, probably not. Uh, all right, um, Mr. Uh, Bojo, when uh, when you start the clock, let me know. All right, you guys ready? Yep. All right, ready and go. Who's Peter Parker? Spider Man. How many Back to the Future movies were made? Three. Who's Captain Kirk's first officer? Uh, Spock. What are Wolverine's claws made of? Adamantium. What Star Wars film is Episode 5? Empire. What planet is Superman from? Krypton. What was Stan Lee's real last name? I don't know. That's it. Right. That's time. All right. So what was that, six? Yeah, six. Six? Uh, that's pretty good, man. I'm screwed. Pretty good. What, which one did I miss? I only missed the Stan Lee or did I miss the Empire? No, just the no, no, you got that one right. Yeah, so it was time anyway on that. So, uh, yeah, so you got six right. All right. <laughs> so, actually, uh, I, I probably should have told you this, but you got him. Time ran out anyway. If you didn't know, you could pass. <laughs> I, I left that part out. <laughs> oh, so, but, what oh, a jerk. Thanks thank, thank so much for the heads up. But what I really want is at the end of this is the bad old game show music and the take home version. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, we will do that. We will send that to you. <laughs> You've just won this. <laughs> you just won absolutely nothing. Congratulations. You can play it. You can, you can play at home by yourself. <laughs> All right, Jim, your turn here. Um, Mr. Bojo, let me know. Uh... All right, ready and go. Who's Batman's sidekick? Robin. What weapon does Captain America use? Uh, shield. Where was Leia a princess of? Alderaan. What kind of rays turn Banner into Hulk? Gamma rays. How many houses are there at Hogwarts? Five. Who was the leader of the Smurfs? Papa Smurf. Who's CEO, who's CCO of DC Comics? Jim Lee. What can hurt Superman? Krypton, uh, Kryptonite. What's the first appearance of Spider-Man? AF-15. Time. All right. Yes. What was that, seven? That was eight. Eight? Oh. And, and you got one wrong. Uh, you did get one wrong. Got me. Four houses. Four houses of Hogwarts. Four? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I only, I only watched Wait. it for Hermione. So <laughs> please, tell me was, please tell me it was the later movies you're watching for Hermione. The, please tell me it was the, the later, later movies. Later. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, well, that was actually pretty... I only pre- watched it for Hermione. <laughs> yeah. yeah, please don't, please don't judge us. <laughs> That's going to be the title of this episode. Please don't judge us just because of Jim. <laughs> I only watched it for Hermione. Yeah, <laughs> we, we probably should have that out. <laughs> but we won't. Uh, oh, man, that was awesome. I, yeah. I think that, uh, that game went well. We do a, a much longer one that usually takes like 20 minutes, so <laughs> we might switch to this format going forward. <laughs> that's much better. Yeah. Um, that's stressful, awesome. Though, stressful, okay. too. <laughs> Jim, Jim had his eyes closed the entire time, yeah. like they were going to magically appear in front of him. Yeah, and I was, I was using my fingers to when I, when I, each one when I got through it. <laughs> nice. So, so Chris, we're going to start uh, saying our goodbyes here, but if you could just do us a favor, in reality, don't close off after we say goodbye. We just want to talk to you for like five minutes. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but, you know, 
all, all kidding aside, thank you so much for doing this. Um, me personally, when I met you uh, at Rhode Island Comic Con, you know, we stopped by your table. Yeah. I saw you had like that Master of the Universe stuff, and I think we just started talking for like forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, you know, you're just kind of like a kindred spirit, I guess, to us, of you know, in the comic world, and you know, we enjoy talking to you. You know, it's great to actually take this time outside of the you know convention scene, and you know, can we can have a civilized conversation. But um, yeah, it's yep. great. You know, we uh, we wish you nothing but um, you know future success and stuff like that. And, you know, we'll do whatever we can to uh, contribute to that. If you're doing more mystery boxes, let me know. Thundercats <laughs> maybe next. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys have been great and very supportive. So I, I thank all of you guys for that. Can't wait to read Parker Reef. Yeah, yes, absolutely, absolutely. That. I appreciate it. Nice. So Chris, can you just let everybody know, all the listeners know where they could find you on social media and stuff? Uh, social media is real simple. It's just uh, Campana Art on Instagram and uh, the site is campanaart.org. I got off of Twitter because it's like a cesspool of nastiness. Yes, so yes it is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and um, yeah, so go ahead. Instagram is best. So, uh, what are the kind of the next uh, appearances you got you're making this year too? Uh, I'm at GalaxyCon in Richmond in two weeks, and then I'm at Heroes. My entire show schedule is up on campanaart.org. Okay. Uh, I'm excited about, uh, I'll be at Dragon Con for the first time since 1997 or 98 this year and be back in Baltimore and Rhode Island and New York and all that good stuff. Good. All right. Awesome, nice. man. Very cool. Hopefully we can catch you at some of them. Absolutely. All right, nice. Chris. Well, thanks again. We're going to sign off here, but uh, it's been great. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right. Thanks again to Chris Campana. Awesome interview today. Um, one thing that he said that really stuck with me, I, I, I mentioned in, um, during the interview too, was the keep going until you get the yes or get off the line. Hmm. I love that. It's like it, and it doesn't apply to just um, artists and comics. It's really anything, you know, you know for us, th- this just kind of recently became our passion. You know, we wanted to do something. We wanted to share. Whatever you're passionate about, like, you need to put everything in it. You need to dump, jump in with both feet. And if you're not going to do that, if you're not going to apply yourself to the fullest, then kind of get off the line. Like, yeah. there's a lot of other people in there that, you know, really want to do this stuff, like, are really passionate about it and kind of either be that way or, or get out of the way kind of thing. Yeah. And I, and I really love that. That really resonated with me. That's cool. Yeah, he's a good guy. All right. For our next segment, uh, we're going to uh, go into our key hunt. Um, our first one going to go by Tess or me. I'll start. All right. So. What my key hunt is, um, I'm I'm looking for Aquaman number one. Is that your main um, thing? What's that? Is that your main thing right now? Yeah, I I I've been kind of persuaded to to try to maybe get the full Aquaman run by our friend here at TC. So uh, I'm, I may try and to Star do Wars that. and Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars I think would be a little bit easier. It's very easy. Aqu- There's only two big keys. Yeah, and I have those. Yeah. Oh, uh, in terms of like financially, yeah. I think, uh, and also like easy. Aquaman's only about seventy-seven issues or something. Yeah, like but that, there's though. some pretty big books in there. I mean, number there's, one, the is, early ones are expensive. There's two I think. or three that yeah. are really big. The ones that I, I was actually randomly looking, Black Manta, Mara, and the and one. Other than that, they're. I have the. I have a black, I have a Black Manta. Yeah. Um, it's not the greatest copy, but I have one. Mm-hmm. Do you have fine. a Mara? I don't. Hmm. I don't. Um, I had the opportunity to pick it up, but it it just wasn't a good copy. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't going to spend the two hundred bucks for it. It, it wasn't good enough for me. Yeah. Um, but I've been scoping out some number ones. I know one of my local. Sh- what? <laughs> nope. One of my the local shops around here has a has a graded copy mm. of uh, Aquaman number one. Um, five five. Uh, I, I'm it's still a fine grade. It, it's okay. Um, but you know, 
What year did what year did that come out? Sixty two, three? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Alright, what about you, Toy Story? Alright, I'm looking for a few things. Uh, like you, I'm hunting for amazing Spider Man's always on the lookout. But uh, like right now, I really want to get a 28, a nice copy for Smolten Man. Mm. Yeah, cause I, have, I have a surprisingly nice yeah, cause one. Yeah, because with the black cover, it's so hard to get one that's not like ding to hell. You got, you got one of those. I don't think I was with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's my main Spider-Man book I'm looking for. In addition, also because of you, I'm looking for a Marvel Spotlight 32. First uh, Spider-Woman. Yeah. That's oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for a Fantastic Four 48. I've wanted one for a while, just never gotten one. Okay. What's that one? First Silver Surfer and Galactus. Ah, yes. Yeah. Not not the good time to be looking for those. <laughs> not great, no. I should I should have years ago. But yeah. And then an Action Comics 61, which is not a key, but it has one of my favorite Superman covers ever. It's him, like, covering a nuke that's about to go off. Oh, yeah, yeah I've seen that yeah, one. Yeah, I'm dying for a copy, but they barely appear on eBay or anywhere. No. Metropolis nice. has, like, a garbage copy, um, and there's one 9 on eBay for, like, ten grand. but I'm not doing that. All right. You'll That's get there. It. You'll get it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine aren't overly ambitious. Again, of course, Spider-Man stuff. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Twenty away. I feel like if I really would have not under twenty away. Yeah. I think it's still twenty. It maybe it's nineteen. I have to double check, but uh, I at some point I really have to focus on this and stop being all over the place. If those are the only collecting. books you buy until <laughs> you're done, you could like. Oh yeah, totally. Take but I just I'm scatterbrained when it comes to collecting stuff, and I buy art and. Yeah. Other books and keys. Gotta have it all. But yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm like a Pokemon master here. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Uh, but yeah, mainly, I, I've really wanted a Batman Beyond 1 newsstand edition, 9-8. And the same thing for the Superman uh, Batman Annual 4, which is the first um, Batman Beyond in continuity. The other one, Batman Beyond 1, is the first appearance overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were reasonable for a while, and I just like, uh, I didn't want to pay $100 or $150 a while ago, and now they're like, in the five hundred dollar range, and I was just like, oh. I was like, I don't really want those. And these new, st- the the new thing I'm hearing all the time now is everyone's looking for these newsstand versions. Yeah, I know. Like they're the hot item. It, again, another book I'm looking for is Spawn Number Nine, uh, First Angela. Just uh, just a book I've always liked. I like also newsstand. Yeah, again, newsstand. Yeah, I've always liked, and and all of these I, I'd like to have in a graded nine eight. I mean, these are books like, you know, Batman Beyond was so amazing because it was like I feel like it was a little ahead of its time in terms of a cartoon like to I just rewatched <laughs> a lot of that recently yeah. it's it Batman holds up Adventures so well Adventures was amazing and then yeah. it picked up just as well with um, Batman Beyond and I always liked that um that storyline and I just want to like display the books yeah I hear yeah. you so, that's awesome Good but stuff. yeah those are those are what, I, that was what that's what yeah. I'm on the hunt for <laughs> <laughs> I'm also looking for a lot of those EC horror books I'm not looking for anything specific but I just want to pick up any that I yeah. find I love those old covers. Yeah, the again, like art. just stuff that's like catching my eye. Yeah. I pick up too. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. All right, Jim, you want to do uh, your pick my, of the week? My pick of the week. Yeah, JJ's um, going to do a pick of this week. Good stuff. So, uh, you know, it finally ended um, this month. Um, I've been reading this, the Darth Vader, the Dark Vision. Oh, spoilers. I haven't read any yet. <laughs> oh, Did I'm you not plan s- to? I'm not. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm not going to spoil too much of it. Um, just a little. Just a little. Yeah. Um, great series. I mean, it was five issues. They were all different stories. Um, this last issue, um, I love the cover of it. A guy named Greg Smallwood did the cover. Um, and it's, it's just, it's a pretty Ooh, cool looking cover. It's like nice. Darth Vader's head. Um, there's like, there's, there's four of them kind of in a, next to each other. And there, it's got the uh, skull underneath the, the, the helmet. Um, so it's pretty cool. But, uh, you know, this story here, I, 
it was another great story. I mean, who did the story and the art on that book? Um, the art was um, the art was uh, Gallardo Borges, who wrote and, it, and the story was done by Dennis Hopeless Hollum. His middle name is Hopeless. Hopeless. It's, <laughs> his, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's in par- parentheses. It's <laughs> um, his nickname. But, uh, it, you know, th- what I liked about this series was each story was different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just got better and better. Um, one of my favorites, I think it was issue three or four. You know, there's this girl, you know, who worked um, on the Death Star. And she was infatuated with Darth Vader. She would, like, steal, you know, parts of his clothes to parts that he touched she was like obsessed with him that's cool and she thought that you know she was she thought that you know she was his wife and everything else and you know towards the end it got to the point where you know she went into his uh chambers and he was in that uh the bank the 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 back the tank yeah well not the tank the 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 sphere the sphere thing and you know, he had his helmet off, and yeah. she's, pers- per, you know, professing her love to him, and wow. he just kind of stabs her with the with <laughs> with his lightsaber. And that's how it ended. I love but, seeing like the humanity of characters that like are in the background in the movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's a really cool anecdote. I, I think like. a lot of that was that that, uh, that was a lot of the stories was in there. It was a lot of the you know the background yeah. people. I mean, that's how I felt with the clones in the Clone Wars. Yeah, you know, we never yeah. got to like see anything with the clones that would pass battle. Stalkers, even Darth Vader. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and the newest episode was cool you know it's it's uh, the newest issue was really cool so um i, I highly recommend so it's it. wrapped up now it's wrapped up okay. five issues it was pretty simple reads um stories every single story was fantastic the art was fantastic and all this um i can never talk bad about any of the darth vader series um i knew a new one starts up next month i think um i don't remember the name of it um I mean, most of the star wars stuff they've been doing is just awesome i i think specifically the darth vader stuff mm-hmm. it's just it's it's on the spot, yeah, just I'm agree unbelievable. With you there. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you hear that the main series now is getting closer and closer to Empire Strikes Back? Yes, storyline. I knew that. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, so we'll see with that. And yeah. I, you know, I need to go read those. No, the little side. I didn't read it. I didn't even pick it up. They're very I, good too. Um, what's that? They're very good too. Sorry, I know. I've heard. The I just main, haven't. The main story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the main story. It's fantastic. Um, what did drop last week was they did issue 108 from the original 1977. I have that. Oh, yeah. I have that waiting for me. I didn't yeah. buy it. You know, I can't go backwards. I'm a completionist. I'm, I need it. it ended at 107. I have that copy. It was a limited print run. Oh, no. You have to um, get it because you I, have a full run. Nah, You're going to get a full run. Geez. Star Wars. How, how do you – I don't know. It's <laughs> I got a copy. a little annoyed that they, they restarted that back up. But yeah. my pick of the week. Darth Vader, Dark Vision. Nice. I'll Pick check that out. Up. It was really good. Is it something you could read without reading any of the other stuff? Oh, yeah. It's each, like a self-contained each, thing. Each one is a separate story, right, so cool. you don't have to read the whole thing. Awesome. But you have to because it's Darth Vader. It's awesome. Very cool. Good All right. Stuff. So I guess we'll do our announcements now. Uh, nothing official that we're going to be appearing as in a professional um, capacity, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, but we are doing Eternal Con. That is next weekend. What's the dates next specifically weekend? on that? Oh, geez. Um, next weekend. <laughs> next weekend. Do you guys not know next weekend? So that would be twenty first, twenty second, twenty third. Yep. Yes, that sounds correct. Yeah. And that's at the Nassau Coliseum. Yep. Here in uh, no. Uh, oh, uh, you're right. I'm, I apologize. It is at Nassau Coliseum. Yep. And then, and then you got two shows the weekend after. Yeah. Right? So I'm planning on the 29th and 30th going out to Jersey. Uh, Both days. We'll see. Oh, if I, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it um, in one day because of s- personal stuff going on. Wait, there's two shows in the same weekend? There's two shows. Oh. So there's a Garden City uh, Garden State, Garden Comic, State Fest. Comic Fest, 
which I really know very little about it, except Alan Oppenheimer is going to be there, who was the voice of Skeletor. So I'm going to meet him because <laughs> I feel like I have to. And <laughs> then there's a uh, new j- it's like Walker Stalker slash um, comic. I, 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 I'm Who's there? Terrible. It's, it's, it's mostly it, Walking Dead people. Yeah, it's walking. It's a, it's a Walker Stalker slash like fan expo con or yeah. something like that. New Jersey 2019. Again, I'm going mostly for Danielle Panabaker. She's the um, she plays Caitlin Snow slash Killer Frost on Flash. Hot. Uh, one of the few shows, <laughs> yes, she is very beautiful. One of the few shows that I'm still watching, oh, is it still or, good? or trying to catch up on? It's it's still better than the other ones. I'm I'm gonna try to catch up with the other ones, but they're really not very good. Yeah, and uh, I've always liked her character. I feel like she's one of the strongest ones on there. So I have this uh, pretty cool uh, Killer Frost bombshell. I like her sign the base. So nice. I'm going to try to do both of those. Um, if I can't do both, it's probably going to be the second one that I'm going to miss out on. I'm definitely not missing out on, on. Yeah, definitely not missing out on meeting Skeletor. And, um, That's tough to do two shows in one day. Yeah. In one weekend, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go Are back. they far away from each other? I don't know. I haven't really done the research. Because you might be yet. able to hit both. I'm going to try. Like, I'm going to try to run in and out. Like, I'm not going to look for books or anything like that. I'm trying to literally <laughs> try to just. <laughs> you know you'll get sidetracked. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, I, I might only go by myself and not allow anyone to come <laughs> with me either. Um, but, yeah, those are kind of like the things that we're doing at least this month. And I think July is going to get busy, so let's yeah. not even go into yeah. that yet. But we'll be at TurfCon. Yes, we August. will be at Terrificon in August. Yes, again, not in a professional capacity. There will be no more professional appearances of Long Island Comic Guys this year. Just putting that disclaimer out there now. Next year, we're going to kind of revamp things up and try to do a lot of shows, at least locally, um, maybe some in the tri-state area as well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's something we're looking forward to in the future. We just we need to get our all our ducks in a row. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what about you guys? Any announcements that I missed out on? I think that's it, right? No, I think that's it. I th- we uh, we got some good interviews coming up. We're not going to say what yet, though. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. Make sure you listen. Yeah. Again, uh, we really appreciate everyone uh, going on, subscribing, listening. Uh, if you leave a comment, that's huge for us. Um, please share if you enjoyed this and you think other people would enjoy it as well. We're very active on social media: uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, at Long Island Comic Guys dot com- at li Comic Guys li Comic, Comic Guys. Guys. Yeah. Um, and it's what's our Handle on Twitter. Twitter's now. the same. Li Twi- Comic Guys. Twitter as well. Li Li Comic Guys, and yep. that's. And even if you yeah. don't like it, please comment what we could do better. Yeah, uh, yeah, hundred uh, percent. We, we we're open some, to cr- we're open we to critiques. Love some feedback on what we what we're doing good, what we're doing bad on, because yeah. you know that's only how yeah, we're. Good point, Jim. Yeah, thanks. How we can grow better and uh, for you guys suit everybody's needs. Yep. Good all stuff. right. Well, that's all we have for today. So remember, until next time. Don't be-